I'm never going to apologize for winning. Breaks a tackle. Now another. He's inside the five. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. He is sacked. Down he goes. Tyler Hoover breaks away from one tackle. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. You're listening to Impact Sports Radio. This is Spartan Red Zone with your host, Dan Tyler. What's going on, East Lansing? You heard it there. This is the Spartan Red Zone. I am your host, Dan Tyler, and we got a big weekend ahead of us with the Big Ten Championship game. So to help break down this big game against Ohio State tomorrow, I brought in a couple of the sports editors from The Lantern, which is Ohio State's student newspaper. We have Eric Sager and Daniel Rogers. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for joining me. So let's jump. Let's just jump right into this here. All right. So it was a crazy week. Week 14, last week of college football. You guys go into Ann Arbor and uh, survive a pretty, a pretty crazy game. You know, I wasn't expecting it to be that close, but survived on that two-point conversion failure attempt by Michigan. And then not only that, but Auburn goes in, takes down number one Alabama moving you guys up to the number two spot, giving you the opportunity to play, win this game potentially, and potentially play in the national championship. So first, do you guys believe that you are a national championship caliber team and deserve to be in the mix for a national championship? I mean, we, certain, uh, we certainly think that I would say deserve to be in the mix just based on their record. And, you know, they haven't lost a game in two years. Um, and they are number two in the BCS, so voters think that as well. Uh, the team, you know, the offense is pretty high-powered, as I'm sure that you know that. Um, but the defense has some holes and has some question marks all, all year. But based on everything, you know, we've been to every game. So, yeah, definitely, in my opinion, I think that they're um, definitely worthy. I mean, yeah, you you can only win the games that, you're scheduled, that are on your schedule. So I think Ohio State going 12-0 has earned them a right to at least play for the national championship. Will it happen? I don't know. Auburn is right on their tail. Auburn could very well jump them if they beat Missouri or if OSU ends up losing to your Spartans this week. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, definitely got to agree. That's a great point saying you can you can only beat the teams that are on your schedule. Um, you know, these schedules are made up years in advance as well. And Ohio State, for the last two years, they have taken the teams that are presented to them and they have put them down every single game they don't always win them easily but they win and that's pretty much all you can ask for in this scenario I got to agree with you I think that should they come out with a victory Saturday over Michigan State uh, they I, I think it would be a crime personally to hold them out of the national title but that is all hypothetical going into this game they still got a big top 10 matchup playing Michigan State on Saturday so first off I gotta ask you know you have the unstoppable force, which is Ohio State's rushing attack, second in the country, going up against an immovable object. Excuse me, Michigan State's rush defense, first in the nation. Uh, who do you who do you see coming out on top of this battle, and is it the most important battle of the game? Oh yeah, by far and away, the game is going to be won or lost um, in the trenches, as they say, the offensive and defensive lines. Um, Ohio State, you know, um, we haven't watched every single game that Michigan State's played this year, obviously. Um, but Ohio State's offensive line is one of the best, if not the best, in the country. You know, four seniors on there. Um, although Marcus Hall, Urban Meyer just said today he's not going to start tomorrow um, because of the incident at Michigan. But 
they have been, you know, just the backbone of Ohio State's team all season long. And with Miller and Hyde, those guys complement each other really, really well. And I think that um, I know Michigan State's defensive line is fantastic. You know, their whole defense is just incredible. I'm not taking anything away from them, but I think Ohio State, with because of Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde, just the way that they are able to run, um, they're both tough to tough to stop. Um, I, I I agree. I think it's really hard to contain the OSU running offense. Like you have Carlos Hyde, you have even coming in Dontre Wilson, depending on how much he plays at the incident on Saturday. Um, and so far this season, OSU against the their top 50 rushing opponents, they played Wisconsin, Iowa, all you know, Michigan, San Diego State, all four top 50 rush defenses, and they put up I think 192 was the lowest total they put up when they played Wisconsin. So. They played against tough defenses. No one quite as tough as Michigan State, but I think that you hoarding the line will open up enough holes for Carlos Hyde and Braxton Miller. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that the game against Wisconsin was the only time that Ohio State was held under 200 yards rushing this year. So, I mean, just based on their track record, they've, they've been playing well all year. So I, I, we think that that will continue tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I was looking at some stats and really – monstrous stuff that those guys are putting up you know even in the last three games I saw a stat um the two-headed monster Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde have put up I think it's a thousand and seventy rushing yards and 13 touchdowns is that correct that's correct yeah over their last three weeks and that's you know that's pretty ridiculous and I've heard I heard this stat and I heard some people on ESPN knocking it saying oh well two of those games are against Illinois and Indiana but they just are forgetting that the third game was against Michigan, who going into the game was a top-20 rushing defense, and those two guys just absolutely gashed them, did everything that they wanted to and more against Michigan's defense. So that was, was pretty worrying stuff for a Michigan State fan, you know, seeing, seeing how these guys run the ball. Like you said, a, a senior-led offensive line, I believe three All-Big Ten, first-team All-Big Ten selections on that offensive line as well. Um, you know, really, really powerful stuff. Something has to give, though. Um, yeah, it does. You know, I, I Michigan State's letting something up like 65 yards per game on the ground. Obviously, that is pretty far-fetched. That's too much to ask for from the defense. Um, you know, I'm thinking if they can hold them under 200 yards again, like you said, the only time that happened to them was against Wisconsin, and that was a close game, too, yeah. as well. So I think Michigan State absolutely needs to hold them under 200 yards if they want to be in this game. But Piggy, I think that one Piggy, of the best ways that they're going to be able to do that is if they can control the clock and just keep the ball out of Ohio State's offense hands because Ohio State's offense likes to play up tempo, you know, with the no huddle sometimes and get things going. So containing the clock, which Michigan State does very, very well with their rushing attack as well, nothing to shortchange them, but I think that's going to be really something to look out for tomorrow night. I also think a big difference is if you getting pressure on Braxton Miller, if the you know defensive line can in the passing situations or even in the design quarterback runs hold Braxton to, you know, three, four yards to carry to start, then that can really get into his head. It happened against Michigan. If you go back and watch it, he struggled until that big, long touchdown run, and it was very hard for him to really get any separation. So I think Michigan State, if they can win that battle up front, like just find a couple holes, then it can really, it's going to get really tight for Ohio State. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of schemes that Narduzzi, Michigan State's defensive coordinator, is going to bring out with that because you said they do need to pressure Braxton Miller, uh, get him a little uncomfortable there in the pocket, give him some tough hits so he, he might be second-guessing the run, running the game a little bit. Um, but, you know, going off of that, 
are are you guys worried? Are Ohio State fans worried that he may be carrying the ball too much? You know, not only making the offense a little bit one-dimensional, but injury concerns as well. You know, he's the quarterback. He was hurt in the beginning of the year, and he's he's running the ball a lot, so he's going to be taking some hard hits. Yeah, he has, um, like you mentioned earlier in the year, he did get hurt and missed a couple games, almost three, if you count um, the time he missed against San Diego State when he got hurt. But uh, And he had some trouble a little later in the year against Northwestern, particularly holding on to the football, and that was the highest they supposed to game of the season. Well, not point-wise, but... Um, we were there, and it was just, you know, they, that was a lot closer than a 10-point. Yeah, three. oh, for yeah. sure. Very close but, game. Um, he, I mean, he does kind of sometimes get careless with the ball, but I, I think that over the course of, like, last three or four weeks, he's been doing better at it. As far as, like, taking hard hits, um, Ohio State fans aren't really, I mean, they're worried. They might be worried about it. I don't know. Like, I haven't heard exactly what everyone's saying, but they do have Kenny Guyton, you know, in their back pocket, and he came in and filled Braxton shoes very, very well the two and a half weeks that he was out. So as far as, like, them being worrying, they won't have to worry too much because Kenny's been there. He's a redshirt senior as well. Um, he's been, Urban Meyer really, like, likes him a lot, and so does Tom Herman off the coordinator. So it'll – I think that if Braxton does get hurt, I think Ohio State will still be fine, but that definitely will be something to look at because Michigan State's defense hits hard, like you mentioned. So, you know, if, if Braxton takes too many hits, it might be – the end for him. Yeah, it's always it's always a worry when your quarterback is mobile like that. They're taking those extra hits, and like I mean, see in the NFL this year, Aaron Rodgers went down on you know something that really you'd never expect to happen. So it can happen at any time. So it is a little stressful for Ohio State fans seeing him out there, but they've also learned to accept that and that this is the kind of player he is. And the LSU probably would not have the same level of success if it weren't for Braxton's running abilities. So you got to take the negative with the positive as an LSU fan. Right. Yeah, definitely. And you bring up a good point. Um, a lot of people like to forget because Braxton Miller is such a great player. Uh, people forgot about how good Kenny Guyton was doing in the beginning of the year. So it's definitely not all on Braxton Miller's shoulders, I guess you could say, in this game because Kenny Guyton is capable and has proven to be a capable, more than capable backup. So that'll be interesting to see as well. It'll be interesting to see if, like you said, Herman, the offensive coordinator for Ohio State, if he's going to try to limit some of Braxton's carries because, you know, Carlos Hyde is still in that backfield and he is a workhorse too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, the, just very multi-dimensional offense you guys got there. But speaking of the offense, you know, the passing game is something that they haven't shown off as much with such a strong running game. Uh, do you think that they're going to try to catch Michigan State off guard a little bit and try to hit that one-on-one -on -one coverage for the deep ball? You know, they hit, they had a deep pass last season to, to essentially win the game against Michigan State. I think I believe it was 63 yard or something like that. Uh, do you think they're going to try to come out and really get the passing game started? Not really something that everybody would expect? I mean, I think they're going to try to. There's always those deep looks to Devin Smith. They always love to throw the ball you know, in the flat to Corey Philly Brown. But at the same time, Michigan State's pass defense may not allow OSU to try to pull that off. Braxton really hasn't been swinging the ball as well this season and with players like Denard back there, it, it, it's going to be really hard for LSU to find those holes that they really need to get the pass game going. But I think you'll see it early on. You'll probably see some deep pass. You may some, see some things cross the middle to the tight end, but it's it's going to be a struggle for LSU to really get that going. Yeah, and if they um, if they 
open up with that, I wouldn't be too surprised just because the last few games have been, you know, kind of in the elements, with the exception of the Michigan game um, of Indiana and Illinois. The wind was crazy up there in Champaign, and then the snow and everything in Columbus against the Hoosiers um, definitely made a difference, but that won't be a problem tomorrow night. There won't be any elements to worry about um, in Lucasville Stadium. So I think, you know, they'll try in the beginning, like Daniel said, um, and particularly looking deep to Devin Smith, but. Um, you know, Denard's a fantastic player. There's there's no denying that. So I think that's going to be a big matchup to watch. Yeah. Speaking of matchups, something I'm really excited to see. I'm I'm looking forward to Philly Brown matching up with Darquez Denard over there on one of the ends, a little one on one. He had a he had a few comments on Twitter about the no fly zone. Denard's uh, nickname he's got there. He said yeah. something like, "Oh, we fly wherever we want." <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see. You know, if he if he can put his money where his mouth is on that one, it's a tough guy to challenge like that but hey it's in the competitive spirit I like it you know it makes things a little more interesting put those two guys together it should be it should be a good matchup you know he's, he's a good receiver as well so we'll see if Miller can hit those guys and try to get the second dimension of that offense going that's that's pretty big that they got there but let's switch sides to the other side of the ball you know everybody knows that the Ohio State rushing offense against the Michigan State rushing defense is going to be the big thing but something I'm curious about is the Michigan State passing offense against your guys' passing defense. You know, Michigan last week gassed you guys for, I think, 603 total yards. Uh, 451, I'm seeing here, were through the air. Uh, is, this, is this worrying as a fan of Ohio State going into this game that they, they let a struggling offense like Michigan's put up so much yardage on them? I mean, it's, it's not worrying. You know, Devin Gardner had played his – best game of his college career, and you have to take that into account. But, yeah, there there have been a times this season the Ohio State pass defense has been flawed, especially since, you know, the loss of Christian Bryant. So you have Pitt Brown back there at safety. And, you know, big, like, very talented passing teams like, you know, Wisconsin with Aberderis put up 200 plus. Galloway last week put up a gallon. Gallon, 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 my bad, put up, you know, almost 200, and Cal tore the OSU defense apart. So it's going to be interesting. I think Connor Cook is very calm. He's very cool in the pocket. So if, if he can stay, you know, have some, have some time to Michigan State offensive line, he will be able to find those guys. And I think that's going to be really what decides the game more than the OSU run, run offense versus Michigan State's rush defense. Yeah, if Cook can, you know, throw for 250 or maybe even 300, like Ohio State's going to struggle to keep up, I think, because – you know, um, like Daniel mentioned, you know, they came, Ohio State had three or four starters coming back in their defensive backfield last year, but because of the injury to Bryant and um, Roby has not had as good of a year as he thought he was going to. He was still first team all Big Ten, but um, he struggled against Albert Harris and against Allen Robinson that time, too, against Penn State. So that, I, I agree with Daniel, I think it's going to be um, a big decision in the game. Yeah, it'll, it'll be really interesting because you guys do have. Like you said, Bradley Roby was a first-team All-Big Ten selection. Uh, I think he was an ESPN All-American last year. Great corner. So it's 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 interesting seeing him. He has a tough time against guys like Aberderis. I think this is going to be tough for Ohio State's secondary as a whole because Michigan State doesn't really have, you know, that one guy. Like Wisconsin has Aberderis. Michigan has Jeremy Gallen. But, you know, Michigan State, they like to swing the ball to, to Benny Fowler, to McGarrett Kings, to Tony Lippett. Uh, get Josiah Price, the tight end, involved a little bit, swing it out the backfield sometimes. You know, they they throw it to a lot of different people, so I think it's really going to test the depth 
of your guys' secondary. And like you said, there have been a couple injuries, so that's going to be tough. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, this is the biggest game of most of these guys' careers, you know, especially because you guys weren't eligible to make it to the Big Ten Championship game last year. But we'll see if a young Connor Cook has the – you know, he can be calm and collected and, and deliver some of those strikes because that is going to be where Michigan State really needs really needs to hurt the Buckeyes because looking on paper and, you know, watching some game tape of Ohio State's defense, you guys have a phenomenal rush defense and something that a lot of people haven't talked about because Michigan State has such a big rush defense, you know. But you, you guys are ranked fifth in the country, allowing only 100 rush yards per game, uh, yep. led by people like linebacker Ryan Shazier, I think, one of the best, if not the best, linebacker in the nation from what I've seen, you know. Uh, how do you think – are they going to do anything else to try to stop Michigan State's power rush attack, or do you think they're just going to go business as usual and keep doing their thing? I think they'll go business as usual. Um, you know, defensive coordinator Luke Fickle doesn't like to change up a whole lot of scheme, and he mentioned earlier this week that um, Ohio State's not going to change their mindset too much with, like, you know, sending blitzers like Shazier. He's a really, really good blitzer. Um, Urban Meyer called him, like, one of the best in the country late, really early in the season. And I think that they'll continue to attack um, and send stunts and things like that. So I don't think that they're going to change too much about the rushing attack. Um, I think the biggest part about OSU's rush defense this year has been the development of some of the younger linebackers. Like, you know, everyone talks about Shazier and how amazing he's been this year, and he has been. He is one of the best linebackers in the country, even though Portland took home the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten Award, but guys like Curtis Grant and Josh Perry have really stepped up their game, especially Josh Perry recently when Curtis Grant's been, you know, sort of sidelined with injury. He only missed one whole game, but he has sat out a lot. And also, OSU likes to play a lot of nickel defense, so it's going to come yeah. be very much on Perry's shoulders to kind of help con- with Ryan Chazier contain the running back while Tyvis Powell falls back in coverage the nickel guy. Yeah, definitely, you know, and, and I think you guys' defense is well-suited to, to stop our kind of rushing attack, our kind of offensive attack, you know. We, we're a power run game. We like to run the ball with Langford a lot, throw Delton Williams, the freshman, in there a little bit, and then try to hit you deep with a little bit of play action and stuff like that. And in the, the games where Ohio State's defense has struggled, you know, games like last week against Michigan and against Illinois, those were against more spread-type offenses, a little faster pace. But, you know, Michigan State's offense is more of a Penn State, Wisconsin, you know, classic physical Big Ten offense. And, and Ohio State's done really well with that. And, like I said, fifth in the nation uh, in rush defense. And they've been stopping teams like that all season long and last season as well. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Michigan State's O coordinators and if, if they try to devise a different kind of game plan because the power run game is just not going to work against this defense they're not going to be able to run it down their throats like they might be able to to some of these other Big Ten teams. It's the biggest matchup of the year. It'll be interesting to see if they try to go quick, hit them deep like we were talking about early in the game. You know, I think I think both teams really should try to go deep, get the passing game going a little bit in the beginning of the game because the rush defenses are just that tough and you know they're going to come to play like they, like they do every week. I think that'll play into it very early on in the game. Definitely, definitely. So, what, another thing I got to bring up, going back to to Ohio State's offense. You know, last week against Michigan, things got a little scrappy. Uh, some punches were thrown, some birds were flipped to the big house. Uh, what do you think about Urban Meyer's decision to? Uh, you said earlier, Marcus Hall, the offensive lineman, he's not going to be starting the game, uh, which I think 
Urban Meyer just came out with and said that earlier today. But what, what do you think about his decision not to suspend Marcus Hall? I mean, I think because the Big Ten did not suspend him, I think Meyer you know, felt that he wasn't going to. He said um, publicly that he dealt with the issue privately. Of course, we don't know what that is because we're not uh, within the team, and he, he has not spoken of it other than that. So um, I think that Hall will probably miss maybe a quarter or maybe a drive, but I don't think he'll be out that long. I mean, we've seen this year Urban's style of disciplining his players where, like, Carlos Hyde had a class issue against Illinois, and he missed two plays. And, like, Bradley Roby, in his first game back against San Diego State, he only sat out two plays. Like, I feel like I think Marcus Hall will get in on the first drive, but at the same time, it's not the most vital thing that he does play because Pat Elfline, the redshirt freshman, came in and was fantastic against Michigan. And I think he is one of those guys that will develop to be a starter on the OSU offensive line in years to come, and I think that he can come and play well for Marcus Hall. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was, it was an interesting story. You know, you don't usually see things like that, especially in uh, something like the game. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, I haven't seen that that kind of physicality and aggression in a while. Um, you know, I, I I personally wasn't really sure to, to what to think on the subject because the rules are, the rules do state that since that fight happened in the first half, that there should be no suspension with the aftermath of the fight and the punches thrown, which I agree with. Uh, it was interesting seeing, you know, if they were going to do, if Ohio State, Urban Meyer was going to do anything with Marcus Hall specifically for what he did after, you know, kind of went on a tantrum, throwing stuff, kicking stuff, uh, and then obviously giving the double middle finger as he, as he left into the tunnel in the big house, you know. It was really a tough, a tough topic to, 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 like, uh, to try to tackle is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. and, and, and nobody really knows what happened in-house with right. Urban Meyer disciplining him personally. Um, you know, so it's all speculation from there. But, you know, i got to also go on looking back at Urban Meyer's odd past a little bit. You know, at Florida, had some kind of dirty guys, questionably left the program, came back, left again, said he was never coaching again, then came to Ohio State. Is... In your guys' mind as a Ohio State fan, and give me your unbiased opinion, do you believe that Urban Meyer is a dirty coach? I don't think he's a dirty coach. I mean, he, what he did at Florida, like, happened to Florida. Like, he, I think, might have done some things that he kind of regretted. But I, 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 I think that he's handled things as well as he could at Ohio State. Um, as far as, like, going out of football, I think he had his, his health in mind um, based off everything that – I've read and heard and seen on on TV and things like that. So I I don't think he's a dirty coach by any means. You know, definitely it's it's like I said, it's all speculation because everybody doesn't truly know what's going on inside that locker room. They don't truly know what's going on with his health and his family matters. So you know, I was just asking for more what the Ohio State's public opinion on Urban Meyer is. So it's it's good to know you guys don't think your coach is a little dirty. Um, I wasn't trying to insinuate he was dirty or anything, just asking. Yeah. <laughs> so lastly, let's finish it up with some some predictions. So let's get some score predictions from you guys. Got to put you on the spot with it. And who's going to win by what score and um, and how also? Um, I think Ohio State will come out on top, and I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be close. I think it'll end up being like a 31-24 or a 31-24 um, 
30 to 21, something like that. And I think in the end, I think uh, Braxton Miller and Carlos Tide will, will get the run game going enough. And even if they aren't able to pass the ball with the offensive line that Ohio State has, I think that's where the difference is going to be in the game and where it will be won. Okay. Um, I think so far this year when OSU's kind of faced adversity, like against Wisconsin, Northwestern, Michigan, they, they've responded well. Because all those games, even Iowa, they started off where the other team come out, kind of smack them in the mouth, be, like jump out quickly, and OSU struggled to start. I think that that's going to happen again. I think Michigan State jumps out to a 10 nothing, a you know, 10-7 lead at halftime. But I think Urban Meyer rallies the troops. In the end, I think it's 24-21 Ohio State. I think that it's going to come down right to the wire with Michigan State probably having the ball at the end. But we'll see what happens on Saturday. Definitely, you know, I I got to agree. You know, I was I, I was flip flopping all week on it. You know, these two teams are very evenly matched. The Big Ten has to be absolutely ecstatic that both of these teams made it because this is the ideal matchup. You know, um, I. A lot of people are saying they think that Michigan State's going to jump out early. I think it's going to be opposite. I think you know Ohio State might be the team to jump out to a quick ten nothing lead or something like that because you know watching every Michigan State game this year, going to the games, they don't. Their first quarters are very slow. They don't. They don't start off well. As opposed, with the exception of last week against Purdue, their first drive was a touchdown, and then the rest of the first half essentially was incredibly stagnant. In most other games, you know the first quarter is very slow. So I think Michigan State's going to have to work from behind a little bit. I've been flip-flopping a lot on who I wanted to pick. At, at the end of the day, I don't know if I could live with myself if I picked against Michigan State. So I'm going to go with a score of 26-23. to 23. Michigan State eventually gets a back-breaking run by Jeremy Langford, like what's happened a lot of games this season. Uh, I think it's going to, there's going to have to be some big second-half adjustments in the locker room for Michigan State because I think Ohio State is going to, Going to get the run game going a little bit too much for for comfort, I guess, in the first half, and, and some things are going to have to change, some different blitz packages and such. But yeah, like, like you said, you know, we just got to wait for Saturday. It should be should be a great game. Should be incredibly entertaining. Uh, best of luck to your guys' team as well. It's it's. I'm very excited to watch it. As are we. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for thanks for being on, guys. No problem. No problem. Take it easy. All right, and that ends that segment of the show. Just some final words really quickly going into the game. Everybody, if you're going to Indy, be loud. We need the crowd hype. You know Ohio State's going to travel well. We traveled well two years ago. I was at the game in Indy two years ago when we played Wisconsin. There was a lot of green in the stands, so make sure there's a lot of green again this year. Hopefully we can pull out the win. Things are looking a little rosy right now, but I would rather get it with a victory than a loss. And hopefully we can get this win and travel on to Pasadena. So again, this is the Spartan Red Zone. I'm your host, Dan Tyler, and go green, baby.